Welcome to the next Employee Experience Labs podcast in our interview series. Today I'm speaking with Sophie from Vestas. Vestas Wind Systems is a Danish manufacturer, seller, installer and servicer of wind turbines that was founded already in 1945. The company operates manufacturing plants in multiple European countries as well as Taiwan, India, China, Brazil and the United States. It employs more than 29,000 people globally. Sophie is a fellow shared services and experience practitioner and has only a year ago started her role heading up the HR shared services functions for Vestas. I had the pleasure of talking to Sophie at the beginning of summer, but due to some unforeseen technical problems, it took me a while to get this episode ready. Sophie, though, is sharing a really interesting journey and perspective, and I'm very excited to finally share it. Her and I exchange our views and ideas regularly to spark from each other, and I always find our conversations insightful and forward-leading, which is why I have asked her to join me today. One thing that I've been at least reflecting on, specifically now that I understand it a little bit better, is how we get away from always being in alarm mode. Make it easy for people to do the right thing, because then it makes our lives easier. In principle, that's what we're trying to do, right? All of us are dreaming of a future where, you know, you can just find things easily and quickly and you don't even have to know what you're asking for. Before going into the details, I have asked Sophie about her background and journey into her current role, which is very exciting as she has not started out in HR, but comes with a business lens, which I find important to have in our world and work. We will talk about why this is important and what it will bring us for our daily challenges. I've also talked with Sophie about the current state of her shared services organization and how she sees the future of it. And of course, we have touched in detail the experience topic as well as the latest technology developments and what they can bring for us. The view that Sophie provides here is different from what we have heard so far in the series and provides therefore a new perspective that we sometimes forget. Now let's get into it and hear more from Sophie. Sophie, welcome to the podcast today. It's a really a great pleasure to have you. Uh, we had a, you know many conversations already, and I always found them very interesting. I thought like it's it's a good idea to to have a few of our ideas, a few of our conversations shared with others as well. So I'm I'm really excited to have you here today. Uh, welcome so much to the podcast. How are you today? Thank you so much, Volga. I'm really well and been looking forward to this. So before we get into the topic, um, and the topic for us is mainly, you know, shared services and employee experience, of course. But before we get there, tell us a bit about yourself. Who, who is Sophie? What's your what's your background? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, well, uh, as uh, you know, I'm based in Denmark and um, working for uh, Vespa, uh, wind turbine manufacturer for those of uh, the audience who, do, who doesn't know it. Um, and my background is actually uh, not in HR at all. Um, I uh, started economy and uh, actually spent the first uh, seven years of my career uh, working uh, as, a, as an economist and uh, did uh, different uh, consulting jobs and uh, buying and selling of property and uh, and stuff like that. And it was definitely by coincidence that I uh, that I got to, <laughs> to, to embark on the HR journey. Um, I had a manager who uh, who asked me if I could support some of our leaders with the leadership uh, development, and and I thought I could uh, maybe ask someone to uh, to uh, to come and train some people. So and and, the, and that's how it started. 
And uh, and uh, within uh, two years, uh, I was working full time with HR, uh, both internally and externally with our customers. And and then I just thought, okay, this is uh, <laughs> this is uh, my next uh, next career journey. Um, and then I um, actually had a, quite a few years as a consultant, uh, working with uh, leadership training and uh, strategy uh, facilitation and wow. a lot of uh, conflict management, etc. And and uh, and after four years, um, one of my customers uh, asked me, "Could you please join this HR director? <laughs> because we really need someone for a transition journey." Uh, and then I got back into uh, being employed, and I haven't looked back ever since. Uh, I've I've been in in uh, in leadership roles almost all the time, uh, or in the more business turned roles, business partnering roles, or leadership of business partners. And uh, all the way up until now, uh, one year ago, where my uh, my current manager looked at me and said, "We we could really <laughs> need you <laughs> on on the uh, on the global people services uh, in the in the global people services organization." Uh, there was a, tra- a transformation in our uh, HR department and a bit of movement around, and uh, the it, the vacancy came up. And uh, to be honest, I was very surprised. I, I never saw myself in these more operational roles or more back office roles, you could call it. Yeah, it's quite big of a change, huh? Exactly. And and much more people, right? I have approximately 200 people in my organization and, and business partner roles are usually you know, up to 20 maybe, or yeah, at least that's what I had. So I did. Uh, I didn't consider much because it was a great challenge. But uh, but I must admit, afterwards, I did consider quite a lot. How do I attack that role? <laughs> and, and 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 what do I do with it? Um, but uh, but it's been a really 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 interesting journey, and and I'm completely in love with this field now because there is so much. I think me coming from from yeah, the business yeah. side. And being kind of a user yes. of my organization, yes. a yes. customer in my organization, it's a huge yes. benefit. Uh, and uh, and I can feel that both my colleagues outside my organization, but actually also my own organization, really mm-hmm. appreciate this point of view. So that's basically the journey into this role. Now that's fantastic. And I mean, I, I don't think you could have chosen a better timing of it, you know. Um, as, as, as you say, it is a very exciting space and I believe it's getting more and more exciting with every year to come. I think the journey, particularly in, in shared services, with everything that is ongoing, with everything that is happening today, will be a very, very exciting one. Also, very interesting to understand that, you know, it's your, it's your first like really operational. So it's, it's, it's very different from what you've done before when it comes to business partnering, but especially when it comes to leadership trainings. So, so tell me, what, what were the most or the biggest surprises to you in, when you started the role? Um, I think, I don't know if it was a surprise, but the biggest learning for me was, I think, um, how big an impact uh, it actually mm-hmm. has on the organization if, if uh, our uh, processes doesn't run as they should. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and how complex it is. Because when you look at it from the outside, yes. I must admit, I thought, how hard can it be to run a thing? <laughs> we make it look right? simple. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and understanding the complexity uh, of uh, le- uh, legislation and GDPR and uh, how how complex it is to, to just do adjustments to, to systems and 
and choosing the right system yeah. suite yeah. and and uh, making the decisions on where to put what, not just uh, in 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 regards to function, but also blueprints yeah. or countries yeah. and and yeah. also competence levels. Um, yeah. I love the complexity, but but it is <laughs> definitely much more complex to, to run uh, uh, an operations like this in a smooth way than I than I imagine doing from the outside. I of course did have a an, a hunch, but uh, but uh, I'm really <laughs> understanding it, it in depth. Yeah. It was a surprise to me what the complexity is. Yeah, I always say like no one cares about us as long as the money arrives at your bank account at the end of the pay period. But exactly. if it doesn't, uh, you have a you have a big problem. But no one understands what needs to happen, what needs to work to to lead up to this like you know exactly. one one booking in your bank account. That's a lot. <laughs> it needs to work together and play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you could also say another. Um, uh, thing that I understood is that that a lot land within our organization when it yeah. doesn't run as it should, but very very often it's due to things outside PNC, yeah. right? Then it's finance processes not running as they should, yeah. or yeah. us not talking systems wise with other downstream solutions yes. as they should. Um, just you know, master data is a whole chapter of its own, right? It yeah. it it's uh, it's it's really complex to, to do, run this through an organization, also outside of PLC. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but also very interesting. Yeah, abs absolutely. No, absolutely. And I, you are dependent on so many other people, as you said, you know, not only within your organization. I, I just recently had, again, a, an example uh, where we needed to act very, very quickly. Um, we were sending out our, our payments in a specific country to employees and um the the payment was rejected on the bank what happened the the treasury guy who was supposed to make sure we have enough funding on the account to to make the payment happen was off sick and then then you have to run and somehow make it happen because the employees still expect the money to land on their account on that specific day right Exactly. So it's, yeah, exactly. it's it's always always coming yeah. back to us and always coming back to payroll and everything that leads up to it, all the complexity. Yeah. Yeah, and of course the employees just look at their payroll yeah. paycheck and say if it isn't right or if it isn't there, it's because of right payroll, which is fair enough. They should be looking at PNC or the company as such as one and not really care who delivers what yes. as long as it runs. But uh, but we have to make that happen. We have to. Yes, we have to. Yeah. And and what do you think for you was was the most difficult to learn, the most difficult to understand when you when you joined the role? I think um, what I spent the first year on, uh, and I actually had this discussion with one of my employees recently because we discussed yeah. her career, and then we also just touched on my journey into this, and she admitted when she heard that I was taking over her first. The thought was, what does she have to offer? What you know? What what does she do? She doesn't know anything, right? And I think what uh, what she she shared with me is that she was impressed with the way I decided to dig deep. So uh, mm -hmm. I I think uh, me going in and actually deciding to deeply understand each of my pillars. I have mm -hmm. five pillars in my organization, and he's and understanding all of them in depth actually to understand when. We suddenly exit uh, 500 people in an organization. How mm. can this happen? So I want to understand yeah. what uh, what uh, what what happened from end to end, and uh, if suddenly uh, uh, payroll doesn't run, or if suddenly um, 
the master data is wrong or if people can't access their their solutions on their PC, what, what actually mm-hmm. happens? I, I, I really go deep. Mm-hmm. I have four layers in my organization and I do go talk mm-hmm. to people a team lead in the middle to truly understand what, what is it. And I think uh, grasping that enormous amount of detail across five pillars uh, yeah. was was the biggest challenge for me. And and I must uh, admit, uh, it was a tough uh, at least first six months, but but it really really pays off now. That that when something happens somewhere, yeah. and I talk to executive management, I am actually able to share with them. So when you look in teams mm-hmm. and it's not correct, it's actually Explain. because they pick mm-hmm. up the right, wrong values in our core systems. Right, just being mm-hmm. able to to yeah. talk to the to the fact makes a huge difference also to my organization. So I can both you know, challenge the right people within, but I can also protect them from the outside, so to speak. Um, And I think um, that's one of the challenges. And then, of course, uh, we will probably talk a little bit more on that, but we have a a quite fragmented both the systems and solutions landscape. And I think Mm -hmm. understanding that alone, understanding what is time and what is pay, Everybody, you know, mixes that up and yes, thinks it's just yes. thing, but it's too different. It's all payroll. <laughs> exactly. But understanding what is what and what impacts what and what do we need to solve each of these uh, has also been yeah, a little bit of stretch for my brain, mm. but, uh, but also really exciting. Yeah, I can understand. And that's fantastic. You know, I really, I really like, like how, you, how you describe, how you dig into it, how you understand, how you, you know, really find the... The personal contact to your team, to your colleague—that's amazing. You know, people know I—I am—I'm an HR through and through. Like from from the beginning, I've—I've I've been an HR, but I always love to get you know the outside-in perspective from colleagues that are not from HR because the perspective—and and you described it—the perspective of a regular user, of an employee, and and what what counts for them when they think about HR or what counts for a, for a manager, right? When they think about HR, this is, this is so, so valuable that we don't get, you know, dragged down in our own kind of, of, of ways of working and thinking, but really figure out what is the impact and the difference that we make to the company and how can we improve on that? impact. So I, I really love that. that. That's, that's fantastic. For me, the biggest uh, um, the biggest challenge actually or, or surprise was, you know, I, I've, before I went to shared services, I was a consultant in, the, in that space. And as a consultant, you, you do projects and you work under time pressure, all of that. But operations is different because operations time pressure means you have split seconds. Like, you know, what the example that I brought earlier, um, payment doesn't go through because there's not enough funding on the bank account you need to act immediately right because yeah. this was then also in a in a different time zone a time zone that was ahead of me so to, almost towards the end of the day and and this was the the biggest challenge for me yeah was this something that you also experienced the the different speed level of operations absolutely uh, and that it has to happen in 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 the right sequences at the right timing right and and i also think um one thing that I've been at least reflecting on specifically now that I understand it a little bit better is how we get away from always being in alarm uh, yeah. mode because because we can act here and now, people mm-hmm. also very often expect that we do so. Yes. And sometimes we need to, but very often times we also need to just uh, train our users to 
put things into a modus operandi where our mm -hmm. teams working with it isn't in this mode all the time. So mm -hmm. we're trying to establish we don't do um, uh, payouts uh, every day just because uh, <laughs> someone didn't get uh, their overtime, right? Then yes. they, it has to wait until a specific yeah. time slot. Um, and, and just teaching the business that we need to do this in order to actually run the rest of the operations with quality uh, and not wear out our employees. Uh, that's kind of maybe some of the next things that I'm looking into. And and you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, this uh, employee experience, yes, which is of course close to my heart. <laughs> it's just because I think it's really important for our also our employee value proposition, but but also in general for our user experience. And um, we've actually been uh, discussing um, uh, implementing some new uh, uh, time solutions. And um, I've said to both my team, but also to IT the IT organization. My top priority is no matter which solution you pick, I understand that, of course, systems landscape is important and it needs mm, to be harmonized, yeah. etc. But for me, user experience is the first thing. So before yeah. we choose a solution, I want you to test this, test this with some of my managers yeah. and employees. And, I, and yeah. if they say it's an absolute no-go, not that they should always make the decisions, but they need to have a say in this. And, and we yeah. established an experience board across functions. So we are including digital solutions and communications mm. and TNC and our technology organization. And, and where we put senior leaders together in mm. an experience mm. board where our functions can kind of bring in topics that need to be decided across because we tend to make these decisions in silos because it fits our agenda. But I really want somewhere that people can bring these yeah. cross-functional topics that we can say what's best yeah, for Lester. That's here. brilliant. Um, and, and that is, we call it actually the employee experience board because that is the focus. And of course, it impacts yeah. other agendas, but that's the main that's, focus. That's, here. that's brilliant. I mean, Sophie, this is, yeah, I've. I've spoken um, recently to to a fellow colleague of us, uh, Joanna Hidalgo. She's she's also in the in the shared services space at another company, and she and her and I we are um, we are for a long time on this journey together, and we were just talking this through that you know just until maybe two three years ago, the main focus in shared services, and particularly also in HR shared services, is or was the the back office process. How can it work? How can it flow? Yeah. No one was looking at the at the front end. No one was looking towards the experience. But now everything has has radically changed, right? This is the first lens yeah. that that people are taking now, and you described it very well. So how how does it look in 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 practice for you when you want to um, relook or re-engineer a, a process in, on your side? Are you starting then? with that employee experience board how does this work for you uh, not always in the experience board depends of course if it's cross-functional but mm -hmm. but what we actually did i have a continuous recruitment team uh, it's just a yeah. small team but but uh, their primary work right now is actually mapping out our our, our processes our core processes mm -hmm. so mapping end-to-end mm -hmm. -end and identifying how can we turn this into a more smooth operation for the user so the employee mm -hmm. experience is is really our point of yeah, uh, where where we take our point of view uh, as a Cisco, and uh, and we must say that uh, we have made sometimes things complex to ensure governance and uh, yeah. compliance and uh, our own processes across. 
and and we do see that we can take away several steps if uh, if we look at it from an employee experience lens. Um, and also, I know you're also on this journey, and and many people are right now looking mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. how can we set up, for instance, service now in a completely mm-hmm. different way, uh, and look at it with the lens of not looking to how do we get things in our uh, yes. PNC lingo in through. Uh, Sometimes it's gibberish to people what we put in there. People don't understand what we're actually asking, right? Yeah, yeah. So looking at it from a, if you were to use this with a, with no insights to what I'm actually looking for, how do, how do we then set it up that it's easy for people to do the right thing, right? In principle, it's for us to make it easy for people to do the right thing because then it makes our lives easier. Yes. <laughs> in principle, that's what we're trying to do, right? Let's let's not share too much that we actually do this all for us and not for the employee. <laughs> no, but you are right, and and I think particularly systems you spoke about it like ServiceNow, experience-focused systems, is is what also made a big big change impact here. What what made this yeah. this actually possible, right? If you if you think about just the systems until you know again three four years ago. There was nothing on an experience focus from the technology perspective. You you were at a loss. You couldn't find anything. And now no, exactly. you have service now that calls itself the experience system. And then um, you know things like like Microsoft Teams or or, or Slack slash Salesforce. These are completely new developments that that no one could foresee. I think pre pandemic, and now they are here. They are here, and we can we can use them to improve the experience of the employees. And this is this is really fantastic. This is one of the big, you know, breakthroughs of the last few years. But also one of the big reasons why this space is so exciting today. And there's so much more you can do, and so much more you can think of in this direction. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and I must say that. Uh looking at all the opportunities and where we could be. Yeah. I also really feel that that sometimes we feel really immature, right? Because when we look at the solutions we then have, the way to get there just requires so much work, yeah. right? And and investments. And and we're not at all there yet. We are looking to, I think, the right solutions, but there are some years down the line that we really have to set up where mm-hmm. where everything is smooth. So mm-hmm. so and 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 balancing going making the right decisions now to go to the right place and still operating sometimes very fragmented yeah. uh, solutions across and and still delivering the the good service even if we're not there yet yeah. that that's also a leadership challenge i think for me yeah yeah absolutely it is it is the the problem is that people want to be at the end or at the end solution final solution now and there's a is a big way, big path to go. But also, what I think is that there is no end goal. There is no end. It will continue to be an ongoing path, an ongoing roadmap. Whenever you are, you know, achieving waypoints, there are new ones out there. I don't think that this journey of the experience focus will actually ever end. I agree. The difficulty that that you have. Um, as as many uh, other companies and and you know I'm I'm not so different there but you know looking at investors you you have a interesting footprint we have a handful of of really big countries and then you have also small countries that you have to service how how do you make this work from a process perspective as well as from a technology perspective is this is this helpful or is this the opposite how do you approach this 
Oh, that's an interesting question. And of course, one of the big, big challenges uh, of our operations. So we must admit right now that we have a fairly big local footprint in my organization. Yeah. And um, and that's and also due to our fragmented uh, so vendor landscape and, and the mm-hmm. systems landscape. So we come, of course, from from uh, having a very uh, decentralized decisions on this. So so decisions were made uh, in the past that, of course, affect us now. And uh, yeah. even if we would, of course, like to consolidate to very few vendors and very few systems, we are not there yet. And and yeah, yeah. and one interesting thing, actually, in regards to this, is that that this um this is actually something I think we need to 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 decide or or work with not only within my organization but together mm-hmm. with the business public community and together yes. with global selling management because what we see is that of course as we mature more we move more and more transactional functions etc to low-cost countries like everybody else and that also means that sometimes we move out of these smaller countries with our presence mm-hmm. And leaving maybe a business partner with a very a tiny bit of very operational yeah. task left. Yeah, yeah. And of course, they're not satisfied with that, which I can understand. And, and our business partners are also looking to become more functional business partners and maybe not mm-hmm. business partners of a location or of a, of mm-hmm. a factory or, or, or a smaller site. So we're actually also looking to see how can we adjust our operating model to to, mm-hmm. to accommodate for this and make conscious decisions on which functions do we then actually have on location and what which do we yeah. not have on location rather than have everybody move out or having maybe both a business partner and a people services person in a very small location where it might not be needed mm-hmm. and still mm-hmm. provide this proximity to the customer because that's so key that that the the yes. feeling at least or perception of proximity to an HR person is key to many, many countries. Maybe specifically in Europe. Um, I, I, that's a, at least where I see the biggest demand or need for it. Mm. Um, and and we we haven't, you know, we we don't have the the, the, the key to this yet. But but we are looking into this mm. uh, in the next few months to how can we make conscious decisions together with mm. our customers on this, and that might need a, a bit of adjustment to our operating model. Yeah, I I see this as well, Sophie. The the I think there are two things to it. One one is a, is a change aspect where I see that Europe is the least change agile um, in in taking those changes. But the other one is, you know, what I what I could observe is there are many functions that are leaving local small footprint countries because they do shared services, they they do centralization, etc. And what I observe is that um, very often we as HR are the ones who are, you know, kind of the last ones standing. And and this is this brings an additional complexity where, you know, I think this is not only a, a pure HR play, as you say, it's a conversation with your functions, with your local business. But also the question is, what is the price and the benefit that you get? And where I have an argument to say, you know, it might not be that um, you, you you get the most uh, price-effective or cost-effective delivery, but I believe that your local HR person, the one that you have left there, 
is more than HR. It's it's the oil that makes the local machine going and flowing across exactly. other functions as well, because we are the only ones left there looking after things. Yeah, and we see the same, and and we don't have the the mm -hmm. final answer yet to how we we set it up, but but we are working with it or or on it, and and I think um, you're completely right that that this um engagement layer or or this person mm -hmm. actually also understanding functions across is is key to this the customer the good customer experience for our for our employees and leaders yeah and you know uh, very often you have then the argument from a cost perspective that's not efficient um we need to save costs we need to be lean the the question that i'm always answering is like you know you might you, you might save you know i don't know in in that country Uh, if you if you uh, bring it to a cheaper location, maybe you save what twenty thirty k a year on this in total. But what's the impact if because of that your business is you know uh, not running as well? If you if you lose you know making it up five days of revenue in a month of it, or worse you have you have some small production going on and the production is 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 halted and the ripple on effect of that right. This is this is very easily much bigger of an impact than the 30k of saving you have. So this is, I think, where where we need to you know have the conversation also with the business that there is a, a stop gap point when it comes to efficiency in HR and making sure we can do what we need to do, which is not only administration, which is making sure the business can run as a well-oiled machine. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and to be honest, what we also see is that the more we specialize our uh, functions within PNC mm -hmm. and the more we move them to low-cost countries and, and larger mm -hmm. hubs, the more difficult it also sometimes becomes for the users to understand how, where do I go for for what yes. I need and how to utilize this organization. Yes. And having this engagement layer or this translator between the business or customers and PNC, I think can actually also make us more efficient. So, so yeah. I think it it can actually also drive efficiency to have these people on location. I agree, but it but it's a, but it's a special profile because they need to know it's a jack of yes. right? Yes. right? They need to know a little bit of yeah. everything, right? And 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 they also don't have a career path very often at that location. Then, so it needs also to be people who really want that mm -hmm. role and want to stay in it for some time, and and they want to stay on that location. And and uh, it's not necessarily in line with what people experience in general mm -hmm. today, where they constantly want to move on to something new and develop yeah. and be promoted, etc., and try something else out. That works poorly with these specific yeah. roles. So we are looking into how can we uh, what what is a good profile for yeah. this? But um, but that I definitely think it's needed. I yeah I see this as well. And and the cap capability from a from a skills perspective, understanding is is one uh, thing. Um, the career path is is a very good one, absolutely. And what I'm looking to in in addition to this is the right mindset. Yeah. Because what you need there is someone who sees things before they're happening, right? And needs to be a, a proactive one, making sure that everything is is catered for, is actually working, and is is the smooth well machine. It's a really high level of engagement. Yeah. True. So looking a bit further then, right? We, we talked a lot about people and how people can help making our processes uh, better, improve the delivery. But now let's look into 
the future and a bit of, of, of technology. I think a lot has happened in technology, particularly in, in HR technology. Where do you see then, you know, the, the future of, of HR when it comes to technology, when it comes to operating model, when you would have to say, you know, in, in five years from now, maybe for investors, maybe in, in general, how would you see, where would you see HR, the HR function looks different or, or looks the same like today? Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a favorite topic, right? Topic, right? For, for the two of us, um, I, looking at all the, what happens right now with the chat GPT and AI and, and of mm. course, all of us are dreaming of a future where, you know, you can just find things easily and quickly and you don't even have to know what you're yes. asking for. You just go into some yes. bot or search machine and it just prompts everything or even prompts it to you without you asking just because it knows who you are and where you sit and what you do, etc. And, and I do think this is yes. coming and I think it's it's even speeding up in a, maybe more than we can imagine. Mm. Uh, I think five years is a, is a long time uh, already and, <laughs> it and, and it will it will be completely different in that sense but and of course when we look at cost and efficiencies we can dream of you know do we have a people-less organization where mm -hmm. everything just runs but what we i think we do see is and then what we're working is it of course requires people to have a much more digital mindset in general that yeah, we would yeah. tr we probably transform some of our operational roles into digital roles. We already do that now, mm -hmm. and actually, we even hire in our oper operational organizations also more digital roles because we need mm -hmm. people even in the operations to have a more digital mindset already now. Yeah, yeah. But what I do hope, it, my my inner dream here is that this can lead to a situation where we can actually afford to have more people working with people yeah because if we take away all the operational and transactional stuff that can have that can be automized and 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 put into yeah it doesn't have to be touched by people i i really do hope that that means that we can go maybe a little bit back to having the role that directly interact with people because they asked for it yes. they want it i had a conversation with a friend the other day yeah. who has working with the has been working outside uh, the the uh, the corporate world yeah. uh, in a public sector yeah. and she was looking to go into the private sector and she said oh i dream about a job where i work with people <laughs> and i want to go into pnc and i had to say we have very 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 few roles where we actually work with people right <laughs> yes so and it was crazy saying that coming from pnc but it is the truth yes. right yes. We, we, and i and i really think when we get very, very efficient and automized, this will leave room to, to actually have people working directly with people more again. Mm -hmm. And these engagement roles, I think, is actually a re very good example of that. Because mm -hmm. they will be interacting directly with people. Yeah. Uh, and, and I hope maybe that can lead to that. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're a full-blown automization journey and digital journey. I'm all in. I really want it like everybody else. And I see it just speeding up. I also see the other side that I think will hope will follow. And as you said, Sophie, we are, it's one of our favorite topics. We are discussing it uh, very <laughs> often and, and we are very much aligned. So if, if anyone out there listening to this has the right solution for us, where we can actually bring the future to the today and speed up, bring capacity to our colleagues in the people function, 
so that they can interact more on a human basis again. Just reach out. We are here. We are just waiting for it. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think this this also um, you know sums up your view on on one of the core technologies today, AI. Right. This is one of yeah. the the big uh, milestones that can make a huge difference, and that we that we I think both believe in. Right. Absolutely. And I think we have not just scratched the surface of what that yeah. can do yet. Uh, and we are in everything we do. We 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 have this in mind. So how can we utilize this technology? How yeah. can we we implement this in in everything we do? Um, not saying that we are there yet, but but we really have it in mind uh, every time we do any any changes to our processes or our structures or our systems or yeah. solutions. Landscape, yeah. And as as much as as you and I are aligned on on the AI topic. There's there's one other one that is 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 a, a pet peeve of mine. Let me ask you your view. You know, I think you know my view and understanding around the metaverse, <laughs> which was the hype topic a year ago. Um, do do you see there is still a future for the metaverse in HR, or what's what's your view? On that? I'm not sure that at least it's not something we are too preoccupied about. Um, I think the the automation journey and and the the, mm. the the IA journey in general is is a little bit more interesting to us. Uh, and I actually do think that that uh, making self service very very easy. Uh, or maybe even being serviced without requesting for it. It just comes mm -hmm. to you via the IA. And then installing yes. these people that actually talk to people. I, I think that that may be even more interesting to me, I must say. Yeah. Not saying that uh, yeah. not saying that the metaverse is, isn't still interesting. Of course it still plays a role, but but I think it maybe plays a little bit a less role for me. Um and, and I'm more mm -hmm. into the other yeah, yeah. I, think. I, I think we are we're aligned on that one as well. I, I think the same. <laughs> now, um, thanks for looking with me into the future, Sophie. Coming coming back, you know, final question maybe from my side. Coming back a bit to to the today. When you when you think about today, what is what is today your your biggest challenge? Um, and and how do you approach it? I think my biggest challenge uh, is uh, two things. It's uh, one is to take the big leap to actually. Uh, get our uh, uh, cross co corporate uh, so system solution and systems landscape mm -hmm. uh, to the point where we can embark on the, on the other journeys we want to embark on. Because balancing mm -hmm. very operational, localized uh, solutions at the same time as trying to move towards that uh, unified landscape where we can actually start benefiting from yeah. uh, from yeah. from that. That is, you know, looking into the next two years that's really going to take some blood and sweat for us big topic yeah. it's a big topic yeah. also because it comes with a significant investment of course and and i need to yes. sell that to to the rest of the organization we also see the benefit right and that that's the one uh, challenge i have and then of course the people challenge is is uh, is mm -hmm. is also really really top of mind for me um so how do I qualify people to follow me on this journey? How do we get the right, yeah. understand what the competences are and, and get them, do we buy them? Do we train? Do we um, change our group plans? Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I think that is something that also all the time comes up uh, on, on our leadership meetings and, and, and the agendas we have. So, so these two, so people and systems, 
not that it uh, is maybe different from many other people, but those are my two top uh, top agendas because we need to create a, yeah. a, a workplace where people really want to work, right? Our employee value proposition is top of mind. It, it, mm. It's so important for us that people think mm. yeah, it's, it's easy to be in Leicester. It's nice to be in Leicester. Um, and, and our other function has a huge impact to it. Yeah. Absolutely. These are two big topics, Sophie, and you're not alone on this, right? Um, no. <laughs> we have we have managed by now the the systems aspect, but the people aspect also stays uh, stays with me. You know, on a on yeah. a weekly basis, we are relooking at how do we best structure the org, how how do we use the skills we have, how do we build the skills that we need tomorrow, and um, you know, for me on this one, it always goes back to mindset i had a really interesting um move that we did um last year we were searching for a service now uh, expert uh-huh. and for for six seven eight months we couldn't find anyone that that fit the profile and what we then did is we we found someone internally within our company who has a basic technical mindset so a very good foundation but even more important, the right mindset to want to achieve and be with us on the journey. And now this, this person is, is uh, seven months almost in, in the job. And it was the biggest win that, that I could ever make. It's, it's so fantastic to see this person grow and, and prosper and just because of the right mindset. Yeah, I agree. I, I must agree. And and uh, actually, the best of culture is really good at, at uh, both giving people the opportunity. So we really look at talent, are very willing to move people around if they You're have... You're a very good example yeah. for that, right? Yeah, and exactly. I'm a good example of that. But we are, we really look to that also at lower levels, right? And and, mm. and the best of society has this mindset. We're willing to, to test it out. Um, so we also are looking very much to what can we do with the people we already have in the organization. And on top of that, you are in the business of the future, you know? I hope so. Wind turbines. <laughs> yes. Exciting That's, journey. It, it is an exciting journey. It is it is definitely that the future. It 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 ticks all of the of the ESG boxes, you know, it's 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 a fantastic and exciting to be at. And this is this is something also, you know, that comes on top of of your employee value proposition is and you, and yeah. you can work for for a company like that. That's amazing. It is amazing and uh, we enjoy it. <laughs> thank you so much, Sophie. I really enjoyed our conversation. Um, thank you so much. And yeah, I, I you, as you shared just before we started recording, you are going on vacation soon. So enjoy your time off and have a fantastic summer. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And you too. And this was my interview with Sophie, VP People and Culture and Head of Shared Services at Vestas. I hope you enjoyed it and understand why I was so excited to share this finally with you. Thank you again to Sophie. And please continue to stay tuned for more episodes from our Employee Experience Labs podcast series. I promise the next episode will be posted quicker. Thank you.